Welcome to Cash Call. Listen live as expert sales trainers give actionable feedback on real calls while you learn coaching tips directly from the professionals. Sorry, we're late. Brian was uh, busy doing his makeup in the green room. Uh, it didn't do it. Didn't didn't make a difference. Didn't, Brian. didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it'll be all right. They've seemed to be able to have tolerated me for the last four years. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't look any better now than I did back then, or worse. I think I, I look about the same. You know what I think we need to do? I think we need to make an out. We need to make a reel of outtakes of me making jokes at your expense over the last uh, four years. Excellent. I think that would be very good. <laughs> Maybe I need to start taking some more shots at you. I know I was doing something wrong. So, well, that would screw up our whole dynamic. Oh, fair enough. We won't, we wouldn't want to change that. So anyway, it looks like we are live on Facebook. I will pass to you for the intro, Dale. Hash call, everybody. Dale Archteek and Brian Curtis back for another week. Uh, and uh, listen, I, I I couldn't wait to get back here. I'm sure Brian couldn't either. And, uh, you know, it's um, it, we are in the dog days of summer right now. And uh, I don't know about you, Brian, but I feel like it's things are slowing down a little bit and we're still we're still cranking at it, still training, still helping people, still working at it and beating the drum of make more contacts, keep making contacts, set up those nurtures for yourself for the fall. What's where's your team at, Brian? How are things? Is it still like firing on all cylinders full bore or are they uh, sipping some sort of flowery drink? You know, it's interesting. So we have spent the last, I'll say 60 days, focusing on trying to be adults again. I don't know, I'll, I'll also say that, but- uh, What's that mean? You got to put pants, we've been putting pants on for the last uh, 18 months or so since COVID. Well, I'm going to say for the last 60 days, we decided to put our big boy pants back on and oh, realize yeah. that it wasn't going to be 2021. It was never going to be 2021 again. And we were going to have to do things differently. And I would say as a group, we've bought into that. There's always going to be exceptions. And by the way, there was always people who who did it all along the way. But I feel like um, we've really got some traction. We have, you know, we're holding each other accountable. We're focusing. And I'll say this because we don't talk about this a lot on here, but we're being strategic about follow-up. And I think that has been really huge. And let me explain what I mean by that. I hear a lot of people say, hey, I'm going to call these 50 old leads. Okay, great. So you call the 50 old leads, you speak to three of them, you take the other 47 and you throw them back where they came from. Well, guess what? I want to give you this nice piece of uh, awareness. None of those 50 people were expecting your call. Yeah. None of those 50 people probably even wanted to talk to you. That you being Funny thing, we're going to hear that in the call I played today, but go ahead. There we go. So why? here's my point, though. I don't know about you, Dale, but I get spam phone calls, spam text messages all day, every day. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I was supposed to pick up seven or eight people at the airport a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> they just kept sending me, hey, Brian, or it wasn't me. Hey, I'm at the airport. Sometimes they would use someone else's name that never used mine. And wow. I'm at I'm at the airport. Where are you? Like I got that text message like seven times. That's not exactly crazy. I haven't I haven't gotten that one. And people on the on, the, on here going, Brian, why are you talking about weird text messages? You get? <laughs> Here's why I'm going to talk about weird text messages. I'm going to get. It's becoming significantly more spammy than it ever has been before. So you call someone, assume that they assume you are spam. So here's the thing: I call you on Monday. 
you don't answer the phone. What should I do on Tuesday? Text message, video text, uh, video email, some other form of communication so you know I'm a real freaking human being not trying to sell you insurance for a car you no longer have. So, or me, I never had a college loan, but I bet you in the last year, I've gotten at least 100 phone calls to help me with my college loan debt or student debt loan, whatever the hell they're called. I've never even had one. So we have to tell people we're realtors or they're going to ignore us. And by the way, I understand some of them are going to ignore us because we're realtors, but that's okay. Those people didn't want to transact anyway. So come up with a process to follow up. And not just call, I called them once they didn't answer their crap leads. I got to text them. I got to send video texts. I got to send emails. I got to retarget them. I've got to have a consistent flow about that or otherwise I'm just, it's not working. So uh, rant done. I want to, I want to play this call because this really is going to, this is going to illuminate what you just said for everybody. So let me share my screen over here. Make sure I share my sound and you'll give me a thumbs up when it plays. Now, I cut past the beginning part where they say who the agent is and what brokerage they're at, but just know this, it's a website registration. This is the first outreach that this agent is doing, and we'll hear what uh, Miss Vicki has to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just doing a little bit of customer service follow-up. Thought I'd check in and see how your property search is going. I was just looking. I You have to fill those things out to even look at a picture anymore, so that's all I do. I don't really expect phone calls. Oh, okay. That's no problem. We just like to offer the customer service. Yeah, no. If I'm interested, I will contact you guys. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vicki. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Well, just like you said, Brian, doesn't expect a phone call, doesn't want a phone call. I'll let you know when I want something. So again, with the intro, we hear one of the issues which, you know, this woman probably still would have been oppositional, even if she, even if the agent had said, are you looking to make a purchase or just window shopping at this point? Obviously, that's what the woman was doing. That's what most of these people are doing online. But more importantly, have a question to ask, right? Hey, I didn't expect a phone call. I'll let you know when I need something. Hey, great. Brian, do you currently live in my town or are you moving to my town, right? Just do you currently rent or do you currently own? <laughs> yeah, just have a conversation. And, you know, I think that especially in that oppositional one, I think the best question to ask is, do you live here or are you moving here? Because it's almost like, are you one of us or do you want to be one of us, right? Where you're That's like, it. no, I don't need you, scary salesperson. Oh, okay, got it. Hey, no problem. I know you don't need me right now. I- I'm just curious. Are you one of us or do you want to be one of us, right? Like, well, right. Question. Yeah. And. Here's the other thing I want to point out, though. A, an intro, a better intro script might have made this person less aggressive. Probably, yes, because it would have shown that the salesperson is not your typical salesperson. Yeah. Hey, are you guys looking to make a move soon or are you just window shopping? And if you guys don't know this script yet, I, I'm not sure if you, you, you this must be your first time watching Cash Call because Dale and <laughs> I say that script I don't know, 99 out of 100 shows. So I have a a very bad secret to tell you. We have have a very coach. We have a coaching and training company. And there's a good percentage of our students who we've told that to. I don't know how many times. And they're still, uh, I'll be polite. They're still working on making it consistent. Let's put it that way. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. But, but think about that. 
hey, I'm just window shopping. Even in the loud, um, obnoxious, aggressive tone that that lady said, perfect. Now I've still got to transition. I still, you know, perfect. The majority of the people I talk to are just window shopping. And then go into a different question. And, and I can't say this enough. A good intro script sets you up for success. Now, here's the thing. That wasn't a horrible intro script. I don't like it, but it wasn't horrible. But it didn't set her up for success. And by the way, I believe that this lady could have potentially spent some time on the phone with this other person. Oh, like, yeah. I think Dale does, too. Oh, yeah. I, I, what I After listening to that, if that was my salesperson, I would give uh, them a general rule. You must get three pieces of information from somebody before you let them get off the phone. There you go. Unless that person says something like, you know, starts yelling about the do not call list or whatever it is, right? Yeah, if they're, if they're really, yeah, if they're really uh, agitated or if they're really uh, angry with you, I mean, I'd still try to diffuse the situation. But generally speaking, you have to get three pieces of info. Alex Montalvo asks, "What are those three pieces of info?" Alex, great question. <laughs> Alex, I don't really care. <laughs> One of the pieces of info are: Are you planning on buying or selling real estate? And then you can fill in the other two. I don't care. My point is, Alex that you have to stay in the conversation because yeah. that that agent could have gotten some information. And the first one I said, which is, do you live here or are you relocating, right? And then it, the second one could be, how long have you lived here, right? I don't really care what it is. When I give that kind of instruction for a salesperson, I'm trying to artificially force the salesperson to stay in a conversation when what we heard is this salesperson gave up and didn't need to. Right, Brian? Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's just really powerful to set yourself up for success and to just get some more information about somebody. So, for example, if you did ask, you know, Dale's question of, do you live here or do you live someplace else? Oh, I live in Hawaii, but I'm thinking of moving to New Jersey. Oh, perfect. What would bring you to New Jersey? Guess what? That's not an offensive question. Why would you want to come to New Jersey? Now you wouldn't want to ask it that way. But you know, what's exciting to you about New Jersey? Oh, I'm moving there for a job. Hypothetically, would you, have you gotten the job yet? No, I, you know. Well, man, I really hope that you you good. What you know? How's the end? All of a sudden, guess what? I'm not talking about real estate anymore, and I'm talking about the person's favorite subject, which is always them. Yeah, I want to say this also with that technique that I just suggested, which is, hey, salesperson, you can't get you can't get kicked out of a call until you get at least three pieces of info. Likewise, Brian, when I work with a salesperson who has who struggles with closing or asking for appointments, a lot of times I'll give them the prescription of, OK, every time you have a conversation with a lead, you must ask them to meet with you at least three times. And then I go and I listen to the conversations they have now. Does it always make sense to ask somebody to meet with you, let alone three times? Hell no, right? But if I have if I have a salesperson I'm working with who's very reluctant to close and is missing opportunities or not taking the opportunities, then we do sort of the opposite, where we force it and make them do it, even if it's stupid to do it, just so they can build that muscle of executing because we said to execute. So that yeah. Well, and here's something that you guys can do if you're if you want to take a, a look at what Dale's doing there. When you're having less success than you want in a certain area of your life in sales and we'll just say sales, you need to overcompensate. And that's all Dale's doing with that. He's saying, look, 
you're going to ask three freaking times. Do I ask for an appointment three times every time I'm on the phone with somebody? Absolutely not. But have I done stuff like that to practice to make sure I'm closing? Yes. Because you you go way over here and then you pull back to a reasonable thing. But overcompensating for things like that, you know, when you learn a new sales technique, if you want to practice it, now don't do weird stuff, but if you learn something for, you know, for example, here's a great one. You know, I teach tie downs all the time. Doesn't that make sense? Does that work for you? You know, those kind of things. Practice having three or four tie downs in every conversation that you have. Powerful, powerful way to get people into agreement and all of a sudden saying yes. So, or you can learn pacing and leading. Like I love to do pacing and leading where I'm literally taking somebody, something they told me and repeating it back to them. So, hey, Dale, before I let you off the phone, I want to just want to cover. So I want to make sure I've got all the right information. You said you wanted a three bedroom, two bath in location X, under $400,000. And I just repeat back to them. That's pacing. And then I go with that in mind, why don't we get together sometime next week and we can do a quick consult to make sure that we've got all the information that you need and help you find the new house of your dreams by, the, by such and such day. So, but I practiced it. I practiced repeating back to them everything that they said overcompensation do i do that on every single phone call no no but it's a great thing to learn no yeah when you're trying to practice something new you have to kind of go overboard a little bit to get it in there mm-hmm. um what do you have for us today brian this is a zillow call and uh you know zillow calls are always interesting and uh so i'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that and uh let's well, hear the interesting part just yeah. remember this, this is a family show so well okay <laughs> <laughs> we're screwed now just kidding Okay, um, you make sure that you can hear my sound. I'm going to try, try and do this thing where I mute the person's saying their name. Hopefully, I won't screw that up. So here we go. Maybe. I see Hi, you. Alex here. I'm connecting you to a local agent now. Hi, Dusan. Morning. Hey. Hey, this is Pat. The group. I'm a local realtor here in Northwest Arkansas. How are you this morning? Good, good, Patrick. How you doing? Doing good, man. Hey, uh, they said you wanted to schedule a showing for uh, 1070 Boardwalk this morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in town for just a couple of days, and tomorrow morning I'm leaving. So I was hoping I can see it sometime today. I mean, it's it's up to you. It doesn't have to be the the, the time that I requested, but you know, sometime okay. today. Sure. Um, could we do? Let me look at my calendar real quick. Sure. My morning is pretty full, but I could probably do like early afternoon, like one o'clock. Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, that'll be great, actually. Yes. Perfect. So I actually like what he did there. I don't know if you guys noticed what he was doing. He wasn't going and trying to book the appointment online. He wasn't trying to find another, you know, find the listing agent's information to talk to them. He just checked his own schedule and says, how does one o'clock work? Now, I would prefer just one o'clock or three o'clock work better for you. But the guy was already closed on seeing the house. So you don't always have to do an either or close when someone says, I want to do a thing. And, And so... I'm actually completely fine with how's one o'clock. I like it because given that um, what you said, which is the guy's already sold, wants to see the property. He's amenable, nice, uh, seems flexible. So there's nothing wrong with the salesperson picking the time that works best for him, him or her. Yeah. And, and, And so, you know, Dale and I teach that. It's called the, I call it a double bind. We teach that all the time. Would you like this or this? And either the answers are yes, but guess what? You don't always have to do that stuff either. Sometimes when someone's, I want to go see a house today, you don't have to get salesy. 
Yeah. Just go with it. Yeah. The more somebody sold, if they're like, hey, Brian, uh, will you take me to see the house? Sure. Uh, two works best for me. <laughs> Would you like two or two? Uh, two it is. Let's do yeah. it. Great. Right. And the other thing you're doing, and this is something that didn't happen on the last phone call. This guy's in control. He's in control of the conversation. Our last caller, our last agent, that person was not in control of anything. Like it was, she was at completely at the mercy, mercy, the mercy of that, of that fire. <laughs> Brian, can you show us the window that you're playing this from? Cause all I see is zoom. No. Oh, okay. Sure. How about that? Uh, there it oh. is. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Sorry about that. I've got two monitors. I can remember which one I'm sharing apparently. Okay. Nice. Here we go. Let's see what he does next. So let me get it requested for one o'clock and let me take a look at the MLS real quick just to see. Just to make that's, sure that they don't have don't any. Don't do that. That's where he went wrong. Funky showing instructions or anything. Sure. And they said you're interested in some other properties too. Were there other addresses that you might want to take a look at? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, uh, I, I used to live in Northwest Arkansas. I, I moved out. I live in Florida now. Uh, okay. And uh, I do have some funds now. Uh, what I wanted to basically do is I wanted to buy uh, uh uh, one property uh, uh, as an investment and another property for myself as a primary rent. Okay, perfect. And um, the other properties that you're interested in, do you know the addresses on those? Uh, you know, uh, I'm interested, you know, in those new constructions, you know, by Roush or, or Mitchell, okay. uh, you know, so one of those. Okay. Any specific area? Are you wanting to stay like around Centerton? Yeah, 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 yeah. My son lives here. He's got a house here, so maybe in in this vicinity. Yeah. Got it. And what's the uh, top of your budget? What's the top of your price range? You're thinking. So for the investment property, you know, uh, it's probably going to be on the lower end, two fifty to sixty. Uh, okay. You know, uh, and for myself, I don't like what's the top of your budget. Uh, you know, I frequently tell salespeople that the only people who forget they are salespeople is the salesperson, right? So, you know, if I'm, I'm a salesperson and when I talk to a consumer, the consumer always remembers I'm a salesperson. And if I ask something like, what's the most amount of money you're willing to spend? That doesn't feel good, right? You know, coming from a salesperson, so, you know, I just, it's, it's maybe like a nitpicky kind of thing, but I feel like uh, it's one of those hidden bombs that can go off for you, a landmine that you, you don't realize as a salesperson, that when a, a salesperson delivers something to you, like what's the most you're willing to spend, it kind of puts a bad taste in your, it can put a bad taste in some people's mouths. Yeah. So there's two things to do, in my opinion. First of all, you reframe it. What does that mean? It means I'm going to set up my question in a way that's not going to make the person go, oh, okay, of course you're asking that. So here's my preframe. Hey, Bob, um, I want to make sure that I'm going to set up some searches for you so that I can also get anything that you're looking for. What is the most, the highest price house that you would like to look at? That's my verbiage. And the re yeah, the reason I like that is because what I'm saying, I'm not saying the highest you can afford. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that you want to look at. What's the so highest price house you want to look at? Why wouldn't you just ask, what price range are we looking between? Because 
it's funny because I've gotten that before. Someone says, oh, I'm looking between 350 and 400. And then they start sending me houses for 415, 420, 425. Because yeah. in their mind, they're, it's not that. So I want to know what's the absolute highest price house that you're willing to take a look at. So here's what I would do. I'd say, uh, so Brian, what price range are we looking at? Um, three, 350 to 400. Got it. 350 to 400. Okay, got it. So so nothing below 350. What if I saw something that really matched what, what it looks like it really matches what you're looking for? And it's like 425 or 430. Should I send that to you? Yes, please. Okay. All right. Got it. Okay. So we'll, we'll just move it up to 430. So I think I might probably approach it that way, just so that we, you know, yours definitely softened it. I just feel like as a salesperson, I don't, I personally don't want to hear a salesperson asking me exactly how much money I'm willing to spend. Right. Yeah. Which is again, in mine's softer, I agree. Um, and I'll tell you the reason I started doing that two reasons. First of all, people kept sending me houses that were more than we agreed to look at. I'm like, what the right. hell? And yeah. then the second thing was, I heard this a ton from clients who had worked with other agents in the past or had basically given up on their current agent. And I became their agent. My agent keeps sending me houses that are out that are above my price range. Yeah. So I want to be very clear you don't want to look at anything over four, four and a quarter. Perfect. I won't, I won't do that. And you can also say that, look, I don't want to send you a house that's going to be seven hundred, eight hundred thousand $800,000 when you're looking at $400,000 houses, because you're going to like the $700,000 house better. Who wouldn't? Because it costs a lot more. So I just want to send you stuff that you feel comfortable with. Oh, yeah. okay, great. And so, and it's really about knowing, letting them know you're on their team from my philosophy, that you're not trying to shove something down their throat. You're not a scuzzy salesperson who, like, this always baffles me. Um, I've had people say, boy, my agent talked me up $5,000 on offering on that house. And it's just because they want a bigger commission. I'm like, that's 150 bucks. That's not what I did. Then what I'd probably do is I would add to what that guy did, which is, okay, so what's the highest price property you're willing to look at? Because I want to make sure I don't yeah. stuff outside your price range. Exactly. Perfect. Put the, if you put the disclaimer on it, I think that helps. It does because it shows that you're on their team, right? Yeah. You could even lead with the disclaimer. Hey, I want to make sure I'm not sending you stuff outside your price range. So what's the max number I should look up to? Yep. I love that. And that's very similar to some of the stuff I've done. So anyway, I know that seems like a little minor thing, guys, but what you're doing is you're getting people to say, oh, Brian cares about me. He doesn't just care about the commission. Yeah, listen, if it's your friend you're talking to who already knows, <laughs> hey, what's how high do you want to go? What's the max price? No problem, right? Not a big deal. When you're talking to strangers who, you know, this is the first interaction they're having with you as a salesperson. Listen, in our real life, we usually don't want to talk to salespeople, right? And salespeople's only purpose is to change our mind and sell us something, right? So if a, if a strange salesperson says, hey, how much you want to, what's the most you want to spend? I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it's very car salesy. What what monthly payment are you looking for? Right. right. How do I put you in a car today? Right. All right. We got three minutes left. Let's play a little bit more of this. You know, I'll, it depends. Depends what I like, you know, and all of that. But you know, I'm thinking around all oh, anywhere between two seventy and three hundred. You know. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, let me um, see if I can get this scheduled today. I know. So on the MLS, it says completion date. Uh, March 10th. So let me see, first of all, if it's completed and if they're doing showings right now. Okay. Um, 
looks like they've had it on the market for almost two months. Uh, yeah. yeah, let me check in with the agent this morning and see if that's finished and ready. So Dale and I both, we're not going to beat this dead horse, but don't talk about in checking with, in with the other agent. That just gives that person the chance to go, wait, you're not the listing agent. You don't yeah. need to say that. Don't need yeah. to say it. Just right. skip the, just skip that part of the conversation. Ready to take a look at, okay? Sure, sure. Awesome. And um, after we get off the phone, I'll text over my card for you, and then I'll follow up with you after I get some information on that. And uh, like I said, if, if we're good to go check it out, probably around 1 o'clock, okay? So, yeah, oh. that's fine. Help me, under, help me understand something. Um, this guy's looking for investment property or he's, he's looking for a primary? Yes. Both. Yes. He said he actually wanted to buy in a primary residence and a investment property. All right. So in that conversation, when he, when you're, when the salesperson switched into about the new construction, he'll reach out to the other agent. I would rather have heard him spend a little bit more time getting clear on which ones he was considering for investment and which ones he was considering for uh, primary, because if he's considering the new construction for like, I want, I want to understand his investment game uh, versus his primary residence needs. And I, I just want to get that fleshed out so I can understand a little bit better. Yeah. You want to hear a funny story about this guy? Sure. I worked with him personally about, 10 years ago wow and he got turned down for financing <laughs> well i heard him in the recording that i have some money now yes and that's why because literally we were buying a house we we're under contract and he had been pre-approved and uh something went sideways and he had actually obviously i'm not going to mention the guy's name but when i saw it come through i was like i looked it up in my phone i'm like sure enough that's the same phone number and wow, so small world you know um but the guy moved to florida for a while clearly like he said and so yeah uh, what's the point of that part of the story? People do come back around if you're in the business long. Did he lose his deposit? Um, no, Alex, it's funny. Um, the way our contract was written back then, it was it almost took an act of God to lose earnest money. So, yeah, in, in my state, earnest money never goes hard. In other words, there's it's earnest money. You can get turned down 17 seconds before closing. You still get your earnest money back. Wow. Yeah. Here it's, uh, it's held by a third party and you have to have both parties sign off to return it. We have the same thing. Um, but like in Colorado, there's a contingency date, you know, you fill in there 21 days, 30 days that, that, that earnest money becomes hard and it's, it's the sellers no matter what. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it varies from state to state, you know, in other words, but in, in an Arkansas, which was where I, my primary business is, there is no, there's no contingency on, on that, like, there's no financing contingency that changes dates, like, again, in Colorado, after X number of days, if you get turned down for financing, you lose your earnest money, but this, it's the Arkansas contract is unbelievably buyer biased, so crazy all right well uh see brian after this cash call episode everybody if you want some contract uh contract education on arkansas versus colorado thank you for opening that uh, that invite brian i i, I so th that goes on the list of things that you're making fun of me for for our takes <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah uh it's just a segue to say hey we're done for today everybody great seeing you uh come join us next week brian and dale again for cash call thanks everybody Thanks for listening to Cash Call today. If you like what you heard, come check us out at smartsalescoaching.com and we'll be back again next week.